0: Now, my good friend, Barb Lamson, who is also a Master Gardener. Good morning, Barb. Hey, Karen. It's good to be here. And uh, some nice, a nice dusting of snow again. And spring begins in 41 days, Barb. Yes, I can't wait. I know, me too. (laughs) You know, there's, um, you you can tell now how the days are getting longer. And that is a real plus. And last week, Uh, To my best reckoning, we had three days of full sunshine. (laughs) say, did we? We actually did, and it was just great. And at church on Sunday, people were saying, Kyle, we have this beautiful spring day with the sunshine. What's this big yellow thing in the sky? Yeah, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wonder if
1: my houseplants, which I'm not really good with, you know, but I wonder if they're knowing that the days are getting longer because all of a sudden, I've got a couple of them that are starting to get new leaves. My cut leaf Good. philodendron, they're starting to sprout new leaves. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if they're kind of waking up thinking, because that's a tropical plant, so they would normally yes. probably wake up sooner. Do you think that's a sign?
0: Well, I, I think it helps, yes. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, that, plus,
1: I added a, a plant light in the room, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, Well, uh, there you go. Let's, let's think of that first. Hey, you know what I discovered? Um, I have a, a special kind of a light for work surfaces underneath my cupboards in the mm-hmm, kitchen. Yep. And it's not exactly a fluorescent, but it's more intense than that. And I thought, I wonder if this would work, if I could put little shelves up here and put my plants on there. <laughs> there's for- never enough room in a house. You must add more. <laughs> Plus there's that humidity in the kitchen that isn't sure. in other rooms. You know, I go around and measure humidity. <laughs> I want to find the best place for each plant. And so I've had a couple of things under there, and I'm going to be watching them to see. But if, if you have a shortage of space, and if you have lights underneath your cupboards, you might want to switch to something that would be, um, you know, that you could grow your plants under. Or at least give them a boost during the dark times. And I have,
1: like I said, at the box <clears throat> stores or anywhere probably, you can find those regular bulbs, like the ones you normally screw in a, a lamp, that sure. have the plant... Uh, the the right wavelengths or wavelengths or yeah it's I think it was, is yeah, yeah, the the, that are and, for plants. Yeah. And so I've put a bunch of those in. I've got a standing lamp that's got oh it's looks like a little octopus, you know, and it's got the little things. So I put that in the basement uh, because you know it's it's a big window there but still not enough and so
0: yep. like I said I've noticed new growth on some of my plants that's, so I wonder if I'm those sure. lights aren't helping. Oh yeah absolutely and especially if you can get the plants close enough to the light. Yeah I've yeah. got them right over top. Yeah yeah so you know that's a, a lamp that was de- designed we saw that uh, in the 60s I can remember that and you could bend those shades around wherever yes, you wanted them. Yes you can them. that's exactly what e- it is. Yes yes exactly my daughter has one of those too in her bedroom, and the uh, shades on it, I think, are, are pink, um, light blue and maybe white and sort of a plastic thing that goes over that light. But yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. You know, Karen, I read in the paper today, um, I, I kind of watch since uh, our daughter lives in the South, what the we- weather is in the South, and they've had tornadoes and high winds and uh, yeah, there's rain. Been some awful weather going on. Th- that's right, this last week, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia's all along the coast in there. And uh, w- one one of the things that they were talking about was the high winds the destruction of mobile homes that were uprooted and and houses that were blown down and trees they talked about all these big trees coming down and in last week I was reading in our paper our local paper about how gardeners need to start thinking about Plants, trees, and shrubs for the extreme weather conditions that we're having now. And a few of the things that they suggested are things that we've known all along. But, you know, we are always on the edge. We want to try something that hasn't been grown in our area and think maybe this will work. Mm -hmm. But maybe with the extreme weather that we have now, we better take a look at uh, those native trees, shrubs, and plants again. Because they usually have the deeper roots. They are... They are acclimated. acclimated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a word. That's that's our favorite word here. Buy something that's acclimated. And they're going to hold up to these winds. And also, one of the points that they covered was maybe start growing trees that aren't as tall because guess what? These these trees that get really tall, they also can be struck by lightning and destroyed. And I know when I was at... um, Monticello, the home of Jefferson, they had um, uh, uh, lightning rods in Mm. the trees. In the trees, because these trees were old, and then they have to have a ground in the into the soil uh, to save the trees. And even at that, some of them had been struck. So, uh, so start thinking before you go and buy new trees, especially and shrubs. uh, What is it? that that maybe is a heritage variety that's been around a long time if it's a tree it should be slow growing you don't want to, even if it says zone 4 A silver maple is one of those.
1: Those are such messy trees because I know there's neighbors down a few from us that have those and they've got I think three big ones and silver maples are a very soft wood so whenever there's a breeze or anything the other neighbors, it's not, I'm far enough away but the other neighbors, there's branches everywhere and and willows are another real messy tree but they're just not real strong so often you'll have a right. branch that will blow off, and that's danger to your yes, homes, your is. people, et cetera. And they're just, I just think they're, and they, they have roots that are near the surface, so they're real hard to mow around, too.
0: Yes, and so they're easily uprooted.
1: But yeah. they grow fast, so that's what people like. Oh, instant or popple, poplar is another one, right. that those right. um, tall ones that make good hedges. Um, I know my sister, she planted some
0: and they, they grew
1: really fast but then they, they all died too. Really yeah, fast. exactly,
0: exactly. I remember when we bought our property out of lake we put some of those in and that was absolutely you're absolutely right. <laughs> but when you have such a blank space you think, well we gotta get something in you right. really quick. Yeah. The other thing about um, uh, the roots that come up on the surface that are very shallow, uh, blue spruce, they have a very, yes. very shallow root. They come right up, and they can be tipped over in these winds. So Well, I am currently, we've
1: got a couple spru-
0: blue spruce in the yard, and
1: they're limited in their lifespan, too, and they're probably getting closer to the end. But the roots now have gotten close to the garage. At least it's not off the foundation of a basement or anything, mm-hmm. but toward the garage. And I've got some paver stones, and they're all heaved sure. up, you know, this way and that way. So it's very bumpy. And on and the, the lawn, even, you go across with a mower. It's a big, yeah. big roots yeah. bumps. And I thought, ugh, nope, oh. not
0: again. Yeah. They're pretty, but. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. And in the wintertime, when When the deciduous trees have lost their leaves, and then you have these conifers there with the needles on them, they're green and they look lovely. They They get frost on them. They get snow on them. They look lovely. This is Minnesota. I mean, this is, it just adds to the landscape. But, so start thinking a little bit about that. Then the other thing... Um, you gave me a bulletin, and I I think it's so important. Um, it's a, a study that was done in Oregon by the state um, university, university there, and and they they're saying that a lot of people are adding too much, too much organic it, matter. Interesting,
1: because we always say you can never have enough. But yeah. I did a soil test a while back, you know, and I've been adding and adding and adding, and I was I was. Proud to see how much percentage of organic matter I had in there, but that study says you can also have too much. And
0: yes, yes. As a matter of fact, they they did this study with uh, several master gardeners, and they found out they they measured the uh, soil of of, uh, and this was mostly raised beds. Now this and would, that's what
1: I've got some.
0: Yeah, and uh, th- this is the thing when you look at something like this, and it says urban gardeners contain. Much organic matter, um, their study finds you have to take a look at what they did it, how they did it, what they were doing it on, and the organic matter. Now, if you just start dumping in, what if you were just to mulch a bunch of leaves and put them in into your uh, raised bed? Of course, they're not things aren't going to do well in there.
1: Well, and you know, when I started mine, I, I had to put a bunch of just a ton of organic stuff, and you know, it might be the point where I've got too much
0: now. Yeah, exactly. And that's true. Now, here's the thing, Karen, that I have found out with my um, compost piles. You know, when you start making your your layers, and you have your carbon material, which is your leaves, and then you have your, and that's your brown, and then you have your green, which are those scraps that you bring out from the house that are organic, plus uh, grasses and that. And then in between each layer, you have to, people forget this, you have to add loamy soil soil yep. yeah and this has to be this isn't something you buy in a bag this is something that you had that you've been improving too so there's good loamy soil that goes in and then you have water you have oxygen you have all this microbial action going on it's like a it's like a seven layer salad
1: where you put you know your layer exactly. of lettuce you put your layer of whatever next and then you so
0: it, it looks like lasagna too and then you toss it yeah a- and so if if your compost is right um, if you've got this lonely soil in there with these other things uh, this shouldn't be a problem but it does come back to this thing and many of us are guilty of this so if a little bit is good A lot is better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was listening to a speaker one time, and someone asked this question, how much organic matter can I put work into my soil? And the speaker said, this was a university speaker, said, I don't think that you can put in too much. Well, and that's
1: true in, in the direct ground, but now when I've got the raised beds and I've already got mostly organic right. matter, so I think that's, like you said, you got to look at where it was done, too.
0: That, that is so true. So anytime you get a study, uh, you know, maybe do a soil test. Find out exactly what's there and uh, and then go from there. But just changing things based on one study I mean, and this is Oregon, too. Well, right,
1: right. So, I mean, but it's something to keep in mind as you move forward. It
0: certainly is. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So uh, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm going to file that with important things because I think that will be coming up in the future. I'm sure other people have read it as well. Now getting back to seed catalogs and what we're going to grow <laughs> in the garden. I, I know
1: get, Harvey Harvey asked me to put in my order because what he does is then he orders them all and I just pay him back because then it's only one shipping fee versus having to pay for numerous ones. So sure. I put my, my <coughs> order in with Harvey. I'm ordering the yum yum peppers, which I love. I'm ordering the tomato berry tomatoes, which I love. And then he's going to plant them for them and get them started. So he's my, he's my little greenhouse because he has his own greenhouse. Yeah, your
0: own personal gardener there. I love it. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I I love to grow things, but I like to grow things that have more than one purpose. And so I've been researching edible plants, plants that grow flowers on them, and those flowers are edible, and yet they attract pollinators. And in some cases, the leaves are edible as well. Have you tried to eat the flowers? I just I've tried to eat them, and I just don't like. I mean, things like
1: nasturtiums, like pansies. I've just never been a flower eater lover. (laughs) Okay, so here's
0: the thing, Karen. Um, Like with bachelor buttons, you can, you can, you you can, bachelor button, the flower is edible. But the thing of it is, Karen, you pick it in the morning, you take young flowers, you don't put Eat something that's been on there. Oh, a with time. the seeds, you mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Because that's probably what I've been doing. And and you don't put the whole flower in there and expect somebody you don't? to eat that. No, no. You, you, well, that's what I've been doing, Barb. Well, you don't. You pick <laughs> the petals off, okay. and 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 this doesn't make up the bulk of the salad. Oh. This is just really to um, enhance. The flavor a little bit because many times the flavor is going to be uh, more of a, a savory rather than okay. a sweet taste to it. So, so bachelor buttons are are one of those that are really good. And you know you can grow them in purple, in blue, in and even magenta. kind of magentas. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I found bachelor buttons. You know you grow them as an annual. I find that they. Actually, they'll do really good, look beautiful, but then they kind of die out by the end of the summer before they, the... Su- so you kind of say, oh, well, they're done. So that I've kind of not wanted to do them because I want something that yeah, lasts the summer. But you
0: do get that flower early. Oh, you do. So so that's a thought for you. And then we both raise these calendula, which is a, a pot marigold. That one is, is also can be added to All the right. salad. How do
1: you eat those? Because I tried pulling some of the, the things off and I thought, oh, this doesn't taste okay, like Okay, so...
0: When the when the flower just when the bud opens up, okay, that's very young. All right, so pick them first thing in the All morning. All right, so I'm
1: eating like the old flowers. Yeah, is what my problem you is. are,
0: <laughs> you are. It's like anything. You know, like they say, you know, your vegetables, you pick them. You know, at the right stage, the don't, peak. Yeah, don't pick them when they're too green, and don't pick them. You know, after they're getting woody and nasty and that. So yeah, so you have to experiment a little bit. So that's a great one, the calendula. And in my garden, they recede. Oh my goodness, they do! But yeah. they're
1: beautiful. I, I love them because the pollinators just go crazy for those. And they're also known as pot marigolds, and they come in beautiful shades of yellows. And I think they have creams now, and then the oranges. I just love. It,
0: yes, that that co- that color, that orange, pops. It just pops right out at you yeah if easy they don't seem to have any problems with aphids or or anything else the they, only
1: thing do is i like that you need to keep deadheading them because the old flowers sure. get kind of ratty looking and and then you they'll reseed like crazy so that is one thing i have a hard time keeping up is when they start to go to seed as i try and here's know, take what the i do off.
0: because they grow so prolifically in my mm-hmm. garden when they when the plant gets big and is starting getting kind of ratty. I cut it back. Give my a haircut. Yeah, give them a very severe haircut. Sharp. And then... They'll y- come back. Yeah, they'll okay. come back. They're, they're just that hardy. Now, dianthus, that is a plant I never thought of the flowers being edible. But you would be incredibly disappointed if you just tried pulling off the petals. On this one, you have to cut off, um, you know, how the, uh, the flower is joined together. At the, at the base right. of the bud there, you go in with your scissors and you cut off that whole white part. Okay. Okay, so there's the white, like the we'd say the eye of the flower and then the pink or whatever color it's going to be. You go in with your scissors and you cut that off. That's the part that's bitter. The the bitter red, That's bitter? That's bitter. You okay. don't eat that. You no throw wonder that I've had open.
1: such problems with
0: trying to eat flowers. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, oh, I'm doing it all wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just that uh, I think we 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 just again we don't get enough information now here's a plant i know you've tried eating nasturtiums
1: now mm-hmm.
0: nasturtiums and they're beautiful they are and they they grow so well,
1: and I think they're also good at attracting pollinators and repelling some other insects that you don't want
0: in your garden. You know, one of the things you can do with a nasturtium, rather than taking the petals off and putting it on your salad, you can certainly do that. You can also pick the whole flower and fill it with with a filling. And they suggested like a flavored cream cheese. You would stuff in there. This would be, you know, very nice as an appetizer. It could be pretty, too. Yes, very, very attractive. Because
1: now nasturtium you know, one of the All-American selections of the year was a new, it's kind of a pinkish rosy. It's called rosy something, a uh, nasturtium, but it's a All-American selection, and they didn't have it available two years ago when it first came out, but now I see it's in the seed catalogs. I want to try that because it's just a, it's not a deep red. It's it's not a light pink. It's sort of that in-between, I don't know if you want to call it a fuchsia, but just looks like it's just going to be sure. really pretty.
0: You know, I think pink has really come into its own. Um, you're seeing pink pink in uh, household furniture, uh, appliances again, uh, dishes, all kinds of things. And in the garden, pink is very, very popular. I think it's just... um, a soothing, warming kind of color. So the other thing Here it is.
1: It's called, a, I just wanted to look it up, Nasturtium Baby Rose. And isn't that pretty? Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. FYI. So it, check, you know, check uh, with your local nursery to see if they're going to have it. Because well, this is when you can get the seeds for and plant yeah, yourself because they're you, easy to Yes, grow. but you can also buy plants that are sure. already growing. And the thing I love about the nasturtium is you can also eat the leaves. But here's the thing. You can't eat the older leaves when the leaves Oh, really? You the when they're just really small, when they're just opening up, that's when you take them and eat them and they would be more nutty tasting and would add more to your salad. Okay. And here's something else. If you've never ever eaten nasturtium seeds. This is something also that you can do. Now they're not poisonous, huh? No, because no. that's the thing with with
1: plants and seed, you got to be careful cuz some of them are and you don't want right. to you want to make sure you're not, you know, poisoning yourself.
0: N- nasturtiums when they're green, not when they're when they're mature. But when the, when the uh, the casing first forms on them, and there'll be three parts. There'll be three sections to the uh, seed pod. There'll be one seed in each one of those, and they'll be green. And you can take them, and they will taste like capers. The green seeds. Yes, the green seeds. And they have a soft, Then they're very soft in there. And what you do is you uh, uh, use vinegar and uh, use some whatever kind of a pickling spice that you like and put them in there and put them in your refrigerator and you can substitute them for when you used to use capers. And I love capers in salads and things. I even put Are capers. capers like onions, kind of? No, they're, no. Very, they're a small seed. They're about the size of a peppercorn, you know, a round little uh, BB-like shape okay. like that. They're soft and they come in... Uh, they're like in vinegar. They're a solution of that. And you add them to uh, uh, different kinds of dishes. Fish, if you're making some kind of a fish dish, you could add them to that. You could add them to salads. Just experiment with them. I can eat them by the teaspoon. I oh, them so really? Much. Okay. Yeah. If, you, if you like egg salad, you can put some in there. They give it that really nice, uh, just give it, it become, become more pungent. So really, really good. So here's a plant. You can eat the blossoms, you can eat the leaves, and you can eat the seeds. Wow. But timing is everything here. If, so, you, if you don't want to get the bad taste yeah, <laughs> in your Yeah, mouth. exactly. <laughs> and you can also get two different types of plants. You can get the shrub-like plant, which is compact, or you can get the trailing one. And if you might think... Well, okay, if it's trailing, maybe I can get it to go up on a trellis. That's not really so much that it's going to grow up on a trellis for you. It's limited in how high it's going to be. But if you want to cover a surface, or if you want something trailing out of your um, pot, or if you have window box, you want something that hangs down and trails, that's a beautiful plant. And I have done that, and that's really great. It's It's a nice look. They grow effortlessly, they they even thrive on neglect. I would have to say. So try nasturtiums. There are just so many colors, um, so many types. They could just about fit any environment. I've had them on the south side. I've had them on the northeast side, and they've done equally well each place that I've had them. And they're like
1: the the thing about them. If you plant them from seed, they have a seed that's got an extremely hard coat. So I actually take a little file mm-hmm. or a nail clipper, and
0: I nick just a corner of it, so they're able to sprout more easily. That's just a little tip. Sure, sure. Uh, also, if you soak them in water, that's very helpful, too, to get them to crack open. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. So um, do a little research during this time while we wait for spring, 41 days. And it will be April before we start starting most of these seeds. Some things we can do a little earlier, but like flowers like this, um, we're not going to be putting these out in the garden until... Until it's warm enough. Yeah, it's going to be have to be warm. At, the soil should be 60 degrees and... And uh, and that's not going to happen till after Memorial Day, or uh, maybe two weeks before, between the fifteenth of May and the thirtieth of May. And with
1: the way the weather is, we will not be able to predict. Say, I wanted to just quick. You'd mentioned the pinks and things coming back. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? This is the first time All American Selections has named a uh, coleus as one of its winners, and it is just. I have actually called one of the local greenhouses to ask them to put to put in order for the in this. It's called the Coleus Main Street. Beale Street, and look how beautiful that color is. I'm showing Barbara a picture here. It's kind of a, oh, you can't see it from there. It's, it's kind of a oh, yeah. deep red, and and so. it's an all-American So it's Main Street, Beale Street, outstanding variety, and it's got kind of deep red foliage that holds its color extremely well in both sun and shades, and it's the first ever uh, all-American selections has named as a coleus in its trials. So just FYI, that's what I'm
0: going to try and get in my garden uh, you know Norla Hess, who grows just um, all kinds of plants, and and um, uh, she, one of the things she in her newsletter that she wrote this month was uh, try Heartbreaker. That's oh, that's a, a type a variety. Yeah, it is. It is. It is just a beautiful coleus, and uh, and it's it has a green uh, the leaf. Is edged in green, and then it has red and green throughout it. But it grows easily, and just really uh, a nice-looking plant. So she said, uh, "Stay tuned. We'll see."
1: Okay, I was just looking. It's very pretty. So anyway, yeah, there's all. It's always good to get recommendations from people too, Barb, because if something works, especially in our area, good for someone else, it's probably going to work for you. Although we we know that there can be variations in your your sites. Yes,
0: and she was checking around to see if she could get a marigold that was recommended. It's Big Duck Orange.
1: Mm, I've heard of that one, yeah.
0: And um, she ended up ordering seed for that from uh, Park Seeds. Mm-hmm. They, they were carrying it, and she said if they grow well, she'll have them at, at the garden sale. Yeah, at the garden sale. So, Big Duck Orange. I love the I name. I see that,
1: yeah. it's. I, I don't know. These are. They're the ones that are the The marigolds that are kind of, um, they look like big pom-poms and they're kind of clustery, so, but it's really bright and it's got kind of an orange, um, and you see a lot of them around with the yellow, but it's a, and this one apparently, the big duck is a semi-dwarf variety with huge double flowers. And uh, they, they um, can be beautiful on their own or
0: grouped in pots or beds or other things. And you know, that might be the place where you'd want to use it. If if uh, you had pots, if you wanted, needed to fill up some pots and get mm-hmm. this, you know, so you could really see the color. Yeah, of color. Yep, yep. This, would, this then would be very good. The other thing I'm trying to grow this year are plants that have good stems on them. And some of the marigolds are tall and smaller, and they have a better stem on them. And... Smell, I I don't appreciate
1: the The marigold smell. smell, But you know the one thing about that, it does repel some of the insects you don't like either, and attracts some good pollinators. So marigolds can have that good effect in your garden as well as attracting some good ones and repelling some bad ones, and maybe keeps the neighbor kids away too. I
0: yeah. (laughs) So if if you want to grow them from that for that reason, I mean that's really good. But if you want some cut flowers, um, better find out. If they have this really strong odor, it's really strong. You bring it into into your home, and all of a sudden, that smell just multiplies, and you can smell it all over the house. That's not good either. Well, if you don't like it,
1: right. But I was talking to my son, Blake, the other day, and he says, you know, I kind of like the smell of skunk, Mom, so to each his own.
0: Yeah. You know, one more thing I would like to mention quickly is we talked about succulents a lot and how the roots are very shallow. Right. Well, in December, I I bought two succulents, and the one seemed like it wasn't doing well, and it was in the smallest size pot Mm -hmm. that you can buy a plant in. Right. And yesterday I took it out just to look at the root. Those roots aren't small in there. Really? Because all those uh, succulents I have have really short roots. Yeah. And, the, and it's not thick roots. It's fine root really hairs. Really fine fibers. Just fill that little pot. Hmm. And so I gave it a new pot. Got some good potting soil, and I think it's going to do really well now. We'll have to ha- hear the reports. Yes, thanks, Garrett. Hey,
1: thank you, Barb. Always great to have Barb Lampson on Master Gardener Program. It is one minute past 10, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato, and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real-world thinking. 24 degrees right now, that is the high expected for today. And it's going to get cold tonight, 2 below for the temp. And we may be expecting some more snow coming our way, so we'll have to watch for that. They're saying uh, mainly it'll be late Saturday into Sunday, the uh, band of snowfall with moderate to heavy snowfall rates possible on Saturday night. And that could lead to rapid uh, deterioration and relatively narrow swath. And currently, this appears likely north of I-90 in southern.